everyone. Welcome to episode two, Life as a Diabetic, the highs and the lows. I'm George Canyon, your host. It is a pleasure to be here uh, for episode two. And of course, um, with uh, everybody and going through COVID right now, um, I have my whole family home. So you might hear some dogs barking. You might hear some piano playing. Our daughter might play playing piano. Um, you just never know what you're going to hear in the background, but we're all at home and um, we're having a actually enjoying the family time um our best goes out to everyone uh, all the families all you guys out there um, just stay safe uh, self-isolate social distancing and uh, i'm confident we can get through this uh, all of us together now we had a big plan for episode two we were going to talk tech i was kind of excited it was gonna be good but uh an opportunity came up that just doesn't come around every day for anybody and I actually got to interview uh, Dave Proton, the president and CEO of the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And I thought that opportunity, I have to definitely uh, take advantage of that. And so we're going to change some stuff around. Episode two is going to be all about that, all about the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, hearing from Dave. And then the bonus, Dave says, how would you also like to speak to our chief science officer? And I'm like, that would be, that would be incredible. That just doesn't happen. And uh, he said, sure. So we're going to get to speak to, also speak to Sarah Link later, and um, that's going to be back to back. I actually uh, got to pre-record because um, because of COVID, as everybody knows, um, you can't be in the studio together. So I was very lucky. Uh, I got to have uh, Dave in Toronto, and we're going to cut to Dave right now and get to hear from Dave, uh, the president and CEO of the JDRF. And then right after that, uh, we'll cut to Sarah in Vancouver and uh, we'll get to hear we'll get to hear from uh, from her. It's a fascinating interview and I'm really excited to, uh, to have this opportunity. So here we go. This is uh, Dave Proton, the CEO and president of the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Well, George, it's great to see you, and uh, we are definitely social distancing over Skype today. <laughs> we definitely, <laughs> we definitely are. I tell you what, gosh, it's been crazy. Um, now we've been friends for quite a while, and of course, uh, I'm very honored and blessed to um, to get to be a spokesman for the JDRF when I can and however I can. Um, but I thought maybe we could talk a little bit today. Um, let's talk about the good stuff first, and then we'll talk about COVID. Let's talk about what the JDRF, uh, where where it was and where it's where it now is and where it's going because it's very exciting. A lot of the research you guys are doing. Yeah, George. I mean, it, it is really a, a an incredibly exciting period for uh, people with type one diabetes, and I, I think of it in a couple of different places. Right, mm -hmm. the technology's come along so far. Um, insulin pumps, continuous and flash glucose monitors. Right, like all the technology is just making life easier for people to manage. And oh, yeah. I think what it also means is um, the care for, that can be provided can be better because, you know, you have just way more points of data. So what's great about that is that pe more people are getting it. Frankly, what's frustrating about it, though, is not everybody can get it, right? So JDRF's working hard to improve access for people because everybody in Canada should have access to these amazing technologies that can make life safer for people. And then, you know, when you look out a few years, I'm, I'm really excited about things like stem cell work where, you know, we could give people a new source of insulin, you know, and, you know, imagine freedom from type 1 diabetes, right? That would just be remarkable. And the fact that it's in clinical trials and some of that's taking place in Canada because we're leaders in that space, um, 
is really, really special. So let's, you know, the, the money that's fueling us right now is needed more than ever because we're close to the finish line. Yeah, the, um, of course, and I get to hold the, what are we calling it? Is it called the encapsulation so, device? Is that what we're... That's it, yeah. Yeah, the encapsulation device. And it was, you know, it was just, oh, yeah. gosh, it's only like maybe a two and a half inches, three inches. And uh, how, do you know where that's at right now? Because I think that's with Dr. Shapiro um, up in right. Edmonton, Alberta, right? Yeah, so he was, he's participating in the trial and, uh, and, and Viasite is the company that actually has produced that device. Mm -hmm. They've moved on to uh, a different device that has some, let's call it holes in them so the blood supply can get in. And uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to find the balance between getting a device that will get into the body, get accepted and not kind of turn into like a, you know, like, like a sliver and get shut off. Right. So, yeah. um, but there, there's great work on the stem cells. There's great work on the Im immunology. Um, and right now, actually, we have a great partnership with the federal government. You were part of this, right? Because you've been in Ottawa with us and our, when we've done the Kids for a Cure Day, and those kids are remarkable. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah. But uh, CIHR, the Canadian Institutes of Health Research, are a terrific partner. Mm -hmm. And we're investing right now, in, and we're running a competition right now for the researchers on more stem cell work. So, Oh, wow. Really? We're pretty excited. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's a great idea to have a competition because... Uh, gets everyone fired up a little more than just going in and researching, have a little contest. Yeah. That's right. Well, well, what's neat about this one is that actually it's a team competition. So they need to be from multiple institutions and multiple oh. backgrounds because it's a complex problem, right? Type one diabetes isn't just put new cells in and away you go. We've yeah. got to tackle the immune system and make sure they survive. So this is about collaboration to move the research forward faster. So we're actually pretty excited about this approach. And they're big grants, so each team would get three million dollars or up to three million bucks. So that's amazing. That's fantastic. Good grant. Yeah. Which, of course, then leads us to the next point, and I guess a big point of contention is we have to fundraise. We have to continue to fundraise, and with COVID and and everything that's happening, right. that's uh, that's making things challenging. Yeah, there's no doubt, and I think you know the charitable sector's concerned for sure. Mm. Um, but you know, what I would say is the type one diabetes community is very powerful, right? They want to, they galvanize behind challenges like type one diabetes is a challenge and they, they tackle that every day. So, you know, we're looking at, uh, repurposing our walk and looking at virtual options because maybe we can bring everybody together and do a pan Canadian rally, right. And have literally coast to coast to coast participation. And we think, you know, it, it'll be different. But it could be equally powerful, right? And we want the community to feel like we're here for them and we're rallying together. Um, what we're actually doing a lot of, George, right now is providing people with information and reaching out to people, making sure that they know we've got resources on our website. Because this is a confusing time, right? And mm -hmm. I think an organization like JDRF can really help people feel they can trust us. We can get them good information and they're not alone, right? Because we're, mm -hmm. we're isolating right now. It doesn't mean you have to be alone. No, and that's the great thing, especially with, um, uh, by the grace of God, we have social media and we have all these incredible internet services that, that are letting us do stuff like this, but we can take it to a whole different uh, level. Correct. And, um, and that's what everyone's, everyone's doing around the world right now. So um, that's right. good. That's good news. And, and hey, maybe this, maybe this grows the fundraising uh, arm even bigger. Maybe this, uh, in the future, when we don't have to social distance, God willing, soon, uh, we'll mm -hmm. still be able to have this as a part of the fundraising arm and uh, maybe it'll bring in more money. We can get to a cure faster. Yeah, I mean, we're we're going to make it through, right? I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, uh, JDRF is an important organization and I think everybody wants JDRF to survive and thrive. So 
um, we're, we're going to be here, right? And we're going to bull our way through this and we're, um, we'll need support for sure. But I think if we can be creative, other people will be creative right behind us. And if somebody, you know, they're listening to the podcast or they're watching the vlog and they want to be involved, they want to help out, uh, they want to learn more about the JDRF, what would you uh, encourage them to do? Local chapter or go right to the website or what would be the... Way to do you know, it. a great starting point right now would be to go to jdrf.ca, right? right. And then okay. you can get in, especially right now, I'd say, because you, one, you can get information on things like our walk. Yeah. Um, and you can also go in that we've got coronavirus uh, information there. So, you know, we can, you, you can go in and explore. And then if you want to reach out to a local chapter, uh, all the contact information is there for depending on where you live. Oh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. And that's going to be so so helpful and useful for a lot of type 1 diabetic families and type 2 as well um, that might be wondering what's happening and what they should be doing. I know as a type 1 diabetic, um, it's right there in the back of my mind. You know, Even though I'm in the, the best shape of my life and great health and about to turn 50, someday you'll turn 50 and you'll know what I mean. Oh, but, I'm way past that, George. Yeah, way past I, that. I'm just teasing. But, you know, it's, it is there. It is in the back of your mind. If, and if you have uh, type 1 di- diabetic children, you're wondering... <laughs> Excuse me, what's, sure. what's that going to look like? What do I have to be careful of? And, um, you know, having more resources uh, than not having enough is vital right now. So the jdrf.ca? Correct. Okay, jdrf.ca. Thanks so much, Dave. This has been a real treat for me. And uh, I don't get to usually interview people, so I've just been loving it. And uh, we hope to have you on in the future again uh, once, uh, once the world gets through this COVID thing, maybe for an update. That'd be great. And thank you for everything you're doing to help the community, George. It makes a big difference. My pleasure, pal. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe with your family. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye now. CEO and president of the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, something that has been near and dear to my heart, that that group of incredible people. Well, since I was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic, it's been a long, long time. And the work they do, and and also including uh, other type 1 diabetics, uh, Max Domi, also doing a lot, of, a lot of great things for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. So like I promised, I don't know if anybody heard the dogs barking in the background, but we're all here, we're all at home, um, and my studio is at home as well. Um, we have another interview, and this, uh, this was, I mean, hey, an old dog learns new tricks all the time, and um, let's just say I'm just getting it ready here. I learned some stuff today that I had no idea and it got me all pumped up and fired up again. And that's, that's what we need to do. That's part of the reason this podcast is, uh, is happening and is going to continue happening. Uh, God willing is to encourage each other, encourage type ones and type two diabetics, um, especially encourage children with diabetes to, to really engage and control their diabetes and live their dreams. And, um, there's so many people out there doing such incredible work. And the JDRF, uh, are one of those incredible groups. So right now we have the chief science officer from the juvenile diabetes research foundation, Sarah Linklater, and, uh, and the quick interview that I got to do with, with her today, uh, out in Vancouver. So we'll get her started right now. This is Sarah Linklater, chief science officer, JDRF. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. How are you? Doing great. Uh, we got to have a little chat with uh, Mr. Dave Proton, and uh, he sends his regards. And we're all social. This is really social distancing because I believe you're in British Columbia. Yes, based in Vancouver. Yeah, and Dave, of course, yeah. down in Toronto. So um, thanks so much for taking uh, time to join us here on the uh, Life as a Diabetic 
the highs and lows podcast. Uh, we're just getting it started and we're elated to have you guys uh, be a part of episode two because the JDRF is a vital part um, to me of being a type one diabetic. It has always been. And of course for type twos as well. But getting to talk to you is really cool because you're going to get to talk and tell us about where things have kind of been and where they're going um, in the world of treating diabetes. Okay, yeah, I'd be delighted to talk more about that. Where should we start? Well, when my nanny was a diabetic, she had to boil her needles and pee on a strip and there was no blood testing or anything. So, I mean, things have definitely changed since then. Um, what's... Uh, What's one of the, the biggest advancements you've seen um, over your time with the JDRF? So I, um, I've only joined JDRF about a year ago as Chief Scientific Officer. And before that, I came from Medical Journals Publishing, where I was seeing the field from the view of a medical editor. Wow. So um, I've seen the field from a few different perspectives. And in joining JDRF, I have been overwhelmed by how the organization is really directing the field of type 1 research. Mm-hmm and sort of defining where the cutting edge is and advancing it and accelerating it all the time. It has been a fantastic year getting to know the organization and the research that they're funding. Wow. So um, the most exciting advances in the past year, uh, I think, um, first of all, are in the area of type 1 diabetes prevention. There was a fantastic clinical trial published uh, in the summer last year mm-hmm. that showed that a drug called teplizumab, which is an immunotherapy drug, when given to someone that's at high risk of type 1 diabetes, mm-hmm. it can prevent the, the onset of the disease by two years compared to people that receive a placebo. Wow. Two years. This a, yeah. So that's... this was the first real evidence we had that we might be able to stop type 1 before it starts. That's amazing. And in terms of people at high risk, this was done through a network called TrialNet which is focused on screening family members of someone with type 1. Mm-hmm. And we know that there's biomarkers in the blood that can tell us when someone is very likely to develop type 1 in the next 1 to 10 years. So that is who they focused on in that particular study. And we know that if we had a way to screen many, many people, that we could maybe identify those at risk and treat them. So that's very exciting. That's very exciting. I mean, that's yeah. something I never thought would, <laughs> would even be possible. Uh, because, I mean, you know, uh, my nanny had it, so they say every second generation, I think is what they were saying back when I was 14. Um, and that's how I ended up getting it. But then there was word that, no, because I had a trauma and I swam in stagnant lake water, which may have had a certain bacteria, and this may have caused type 1 diabetes. I was like, look, at the end of the day, I have it. But to, you know, to be able to screen and say, you're at the highest risk and you may get it in so many years and we're going to take all these precautions, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the big question is still what causes type 1 diabetes. We yeah. still don't know. And we know that there is a family history component, so there's some genetics involved. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at least 90% of people that are diagnosed don't have a family history. It comes out of nowhere. So Nine. certainly there is an environmental component, and that probably varies from person to person. It's not always the same. So JDRF is also funding a lot of research that looks into what are those environmental triggers and how do they interact with our genes to result in the type 1 diabetes diagnosis. And you said 90%? Around that, yeah. It depends on which country you look at, but um, there is obviously a huge environmental component. And because the incidence of type 1 diabetes is going up globally by around 3% per year, and in Canada, more like 5%, there's something in, in our environment wow. uh, that is that is causing that increase. And we don't know what it is, but it's really urgent that we find out 
because that will just continue to increase. That's uh, that's crazy. I had no idea. And I'm a type one diabetic. You think I should I should know these <laughs> things? And that well, that's the great thing about the JDRF. When I got to hold the encapsulation device that Dr. Shapiro and the team out of Edmonton are, are working uh, diligently with, uh, you know, it blew my mind. I had I had no idea that kind of tech was being worked on. And uh, you're getting, of course, to to see that every day and and hear lots of stuff that you're probably not allowed to share as well. Well, there's no doubt that that area of the field, so we call that beta cell replacement research, mm-hmm. is also extremely exciting right now. And in the past year, there's also been some, some very important advances. For one, researchers are working hard on creating beta cells, so the insulin-producing cells from mm-hmm. stem cells, yeah. in a dish. There's now a lot of research to say we can do that, and we just need to perfect that recipe to ensure that it's working as well as a normal, healthy beta cell. And then in parallel, there are several different clinical trials going on testing either donor-derived islets or these stem cell-derived beta cells in encapsulation devices in people um, with some preliminary results that are very promising. So, you know, these, uh, these advances are, are very happening very fast now, and I think there's a huge amount of promise. And there's also a large commercial investment. Uh, so this is not just in the academic realm anymore. There's a lot of companies working on this. Wow, um, so really? really that commercial investment will help to overcome the hurdles that are required to bring this uh, to the clinic. And that's, uh, that's really vital because I've yes, always thought it really. was, you know, it wasn't not, you know, not big corporations getting involved that way. That's fantastic. And yeah. of course I talked to Dave about the fundraising component and um, especially with, with what's happening worldwide with COVID and um, kind of taking the fundraising online a bit and having virtual walks and things like that. And, and this is why, this is why it's so vital that we all come together and, and continue to support the JDRF because all of these things that are happening, which of course I'm learning about today on top of what I know from the JDRF, uh, these, this is very exciting stuff. And, um, I think we're a breath away from a cure. I know I'm, I'm kind of a broken record. I keep saying that, but I'm just putting the positive out there. I think we're a breath away. We just got to keep pushing forward. Yeah, certainly this is the time of crisis in the world with COVID-19 and um, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. We need to learn much more about the effects of COVID-19, specifically in people with type 1 diabetes. Eventually, uh, we hope that this pandemic will subside, subside and quickly, and, but we re- need to remain focused on our mission to cure and come up with better treatments for type 1 diabetes and that will remain what JDRF is setting out to do. And would you recommend people just go to the JDRF, jdrf.ca and um, check for COVID updates and things like that? Yeah, so we do have a page dedicated to information on COVID-19 and diabetes. Mm-hmm. There's very little published evidence, but we are relying on a panel of Canadian endocrinologists and other experts that can provide the best information that we have. We know that there's a huge need for information from people with type 1 and their families and their caregivers. So we are doing our best to provide that information as it becomes available. Well, thank you guys so much for everything you do and uh, and continuing to be there for everyone during this crisis. Um, this is a vital thing for the diabetic community, which um, unfortunately is quite large. And um, I'm still shocked at the numbers of type 1s and type 2s, uh, not just at, at home in Canada, but around the world. Absolutely. You have a great day. Stay safe. Uh, Blessings to your family. And uh, we hope we'll have you on uh, in the near future. Maybe after this COVID thing gets through. (laughs) It'll work out way better when the COVID thing is over. Okay. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, Sarah. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Oh, Sarah Linklater. I'm always probably saying her name wrong. Chief Scientific Officer for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And of course, a big thanks to her. And a big thanks to Dave Proton, President and CEO of the JDRF uh, here at home in Canada for all the work they do. Um, tireless work and continuing to work um, even from home right now where they're at. Well, this has been uh, just a, a, so incredible for me. I've learned so much on episode two of Life as a Diabetic, the highs and the lows. And um, I promised myself to not create a podcast that would go anywhere over 30 minutes. Um, I know I listen to lots of podcasts. Uh, I listen to a whole bunch. I listen to Joe Rogan. And sometimes I don't have any more than 20 minutes to listen. And I want to make sure we get all the information we can jammed into that 20-minute block. And I'm giving myself a 10-minute grace period. But I won't take that grace period today. We're going to keep it at 20, 21 minutes. And thank you all so much for joining me for episode two. Once again, a big thanks to Dave Proton and Sarah Linklater. Uh, Unbelievable work they're doing and the information that they gave us today. This is Life as a Diabetic, the highs and the lows. I am George Canyon, your host. God bless you and your families, especially during this time. Please be safe. Please um, practice social distancing and um, isolation if you have to as well. And we will get through this, uh, not just as a country, but as a world community. God bless, and we'll see you all and talk to you all during episode three. Remember, this is also on YouTube. It's being videoed as well, not just a podcast. I'm George Cannon, your host, Life as a Diabetic, the Highs and the Lows. (laughs) 